town. I'll introduce us. And then I'll introduce the happy hour. Then I'll introduce you. And we'll talk some Habs. This is so exciting. Yeah, I know. Sitting on the floor. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a team we got <laughs> this time around. So, um, all right. You all set, Veronica? Yep. Okay, so five. Four. Three. Two. And one. One. Hello, world, in a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Come Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames, messieurs, bienvenue, welcome to the happy hour. All right. Welcome back, listeners. We have a full week, sort of, kind of, of um, actual NHL action to talk about this week. It's incroyable, if I say so myself. My name is David Auger, at MetalDave02 on Twitter.com. I'm joined, as always, by Beth is not with us, Veronica. <laughs> yeah, I'm at C-H-I-L-E underscore Pepper on Twitter. And that's it. It's me, Veronica, and a guest. <laughs> um, we actually have ourselves on the line, Simon Salakis. Simon, how are you doing Yay! today? What's on, gang? How are you doing? Doing very well. It's Thank going. you for joining us. Uh, we know that you've been uh, heading things uh, on the radio for the Habs. How's uh, that been working for you? Uh, it's been good. I look, it, it started off with a great summer. Um, well, yeah, great summer, right? I think we're all content with the play-in and then play the, the Flyers pretty tough. And I think there was a lot of momentum. Uh, a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm not a big uh, you know, a lot of good energy, but there was, man. There was a, there was a giddy-up. Uh, you can feel it here in the city. There's a little bit of uh, uh, less aggression. Um, we've got to manage expectations a bit uh, because, you know, people are planning parades and stuff, but it's, it's nice. It's nice at the <laughs> station. Uh, look, I, I think everybody has a right to be critical when the team's not playing well, and when the team is playing well, I think you have every right to be uh, overly positive. If, you know, I know it's only three games, but if they were 0-3 – We'd have every right to tear oh, into. God. Yeah. So and they're not zero three. So uh, no, it's 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 fun. It's a nice little, uh, nice little uh, positive energy. Exactly what we needed uh, the last couple of months. Absolutely, we are a hundred percent about that. I was waiting so long, and it seemed to stretch on forever to finally get the season started. Because the big question for me, like aside from all of the moves that happened in the uh, offseason, the one question I wanted to know was how good is Alexander Romanov? Oh, my God. I think we got that answer. The kid's not oh, bad, yeah. to put it mildly. <laughs> what do you think from uh, the first three games with the kid uh, in the NHL? V, you want to go first or you want me to go? No, I want you to go. I'm, uh, you, know, you know what I took from this? Um, not a knock on the QHL or the OHL or where Cole Caulfield is in NC2A, but there's something to be said here about playing in the KHL and playing with adults and playing with guys that are 20 to 30 pounds, uh, maybe heavier than you, if not, uh, just more balanced, better on their skates, nastier. Uh, there's something to be said there. And this is the the part that I find, uh, pretty intriguing here because I came in going to manage expectations. Uh, you know, we're talking, you know, is the, you know, we haven't seen a young player since Subban. Uh, then we're comparing him to Chelios. And then when that wasn't enough, we start going to the Larry Robinson comparables. I'm like, yeah, don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. You know, like, wh- tell me when you get the Bobby Orr, and then we can, we can slow it down a bit. But I think that that's what I've taken from here. I, I think he's, there's no wow factor. I don't think he shot them. Look, I'm, I'm pretty certain he watched McDavid skate and he's like, nobody in the khl skates like that guy and i think there's an adjustment period there but i think there's something to be said here and maybe something general managers should keep an eye on going forward somebody that does okay or above average uh, in the in the in the khl might be uh, worth a look yeah for sure veronica what do you think yeah. of uh, Alec, uh, alexander romanov as we've been correcting First of I all, think his way i can't believe none of us has mentioned that he's adorable He's so, um, he's got this quality of sort of, I mean, he's obviously not a child, but he's like just so sweet and, you know, humble and all that stuff. And, you know, not knowing English very well. And I, th- I think that's part of, um, part of, part of the charm, but um, no, he's incredibly, like he, he came as advertised and as everybody's 
remarked about through like ever since we got him um, and cool, I guess ever since he joined the bubble, how much um, the GM was just like, this guy's the real deal. He's ready now. Like he, he's, he's always like you, Simon, managing expectations, trying not to make it all. And so that was one noteworthy thing. And um, it turns out he was right. Like it turns out everything that he said was an understatement. The kid can play like the 200 foot game that he's got. He's just, he's so smart on the ice. And like, he's made a couple of like the goal that he scored the other night, the pass that he made to Thomas Tatar that night, it shows like experience beyond his years. And uh, you can't teach that pass. The pass to Tatar is something you can't teach. The shot, yeah, you know, like guys turning on their edges, yeah. you, know, you can teach, you know, this defensive responsibilities. That pass to Tatar, and that's also, you know, that, that's also the pass that you miss that gets you stapled to the bench. And so, uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of yeah. to, to make that pass. So, that, that, that was a pretty, uh, Welcome to the NHL moment. At least for me, it was. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, I don't even think that was like his uh, his first stretch pass to actually reach like the other end of the neutral ice. I I I think there was um, I think he he looks up and he's looking for that. At least he was uh, against the Oilers uh, in the in the game um, on Saturday. I thought, but and, um, and no if, preseason too, eh? Like that's that's the guy that preseason supposed to. He, 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 I would imagine probably doesn't want to play any preseason games. I don't think any player does, but you know, privately, I, I'm sure his management team or whoever or his coaches were like, you know, a little bit of preseason would have been good for this guy. He's probably yeah. more than anybody on the team just to just to see the, the, the speed of the game and, and how it's played. And the fact that he didn't get any of that, that, that that's mm-hmm. impressive too. Yeah, it really is. I mean, but at the same time, you could even say that about the whole team. Uh, on top yes. of everything, because uh, another maybe this isn't as much as a, as a surprise to people, but man, Anderson is a man on fire. He takes the ice and he is like a hundred percent all the time. Maybe he got a little banged up um, at the uh, end of a uh, last night's game, but man, when he's on the ice, you know he's there. You know he doesn't take a shift off. He's like a almost. I don't want to say he's a bigger version of Gallagher, but he has that same tenacity. And if not that, he is so strong on his skates. It's just, it's a, it's just a, you know, didn't, I didn't know what to expect from Anderson. And I was like, wow, this guy can really play. It's amazing. So I was happy about that. Yeah. He just, uh, he's a true power forward, right? You know, Sometimes we'd always have that conversation about Max. Max was built like a power forward, but didn't Mm. play like a power forward is a little bit more. Anderson's a little bit different uh, he, and you can use the Gallagher comparable, but I don't think he's like Gallagher just because he doesn't have that foot speed. Like Anderson's fast. Like they're talking about like him yeah. and Byron being the best skaters. And I watched probably, you know, too much hockey, but I didn't like <laughs> watching a Columbus broadcast or following anybody on Twitter who covers the Columbus. They never talked about the foot speed. You know, they talked about the big power forward or well over six feet, well over 200 pounds, good shot, but he can skate himself out of trouble. And, and that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. That, that, yeah. That's very impressive. Look, I don't know how many guys are like that, honestly, like a real genuine power four that can skate. You know, I think the Kachuk boys are good, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're great skaters. I think they're good skaters. Uh, Max doesn't play that physical game. So I don't know. Leon Dreisaitl, again. Yeah. Um, it's the size and yeah. the speed that's like. That's great combination yeah yeah um so about the skating too and being able to like say make a mistake skate his way out of it romanov is almost the same way too because there are times where i've seen romanov make a mistake but he's so quick on his feet that he can compensate for it and it's like okay we're three games in this is obviously going to get you know better as the season goes forward but on top of all of that and i know i'm kind of jumping topics here romanov on the power play I mean, the power playing in general is just, it, it's eons above what was going on last year. And that is so welcome to, at least to myself, I know to a lot of Habs fans that have been dying for a power play that isn't like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So I was happy to see that. Like in particular, Romanov's not afraid to walk along the blue line. And, you know, it's a credit to how good of a skater yeah. he is that he can change up everything on the power play and all the players, you know, on the halves see it and they move with him and they're able to make these 
really great plays. It didn't click as much last night, but against uh, uh, but against the Leafs and uh, the first game against Edmonton was it was oh my god, it was a breath of fresh air. I was so happy. Yeah, and I don't think you've gotten uh, you know I, I think Suzuki is only gonna get better there. Uh, I think Kokinemi, like listen. They're, whether they liked it or not, that is the Canadians' third line. So the minutes, I think, will go to the top two lines first. And I, I think I, I like – I saw him in the first game, you know. Uh, was it the first game? Maybe the first game against Edmonton coming off the half wall and stuff. No, it was the first game against Toronto. Kind of mm-hmm. like where Kovalev used to make a little bit of a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think once he gets more comfortable, I think he's a little gun shy. Uh, once, you know, because there really isn't uh, – should the power play shouldn't be as bad as it's been the last few years. It's almost like – it's mind-boggling. You know, I get mm-hmm. like, Gallagher doesn't excel in the power play. That's not, you know, Gallagher wants to be moving in one direction. And when the game stops, that's not where he excels at. But you got Drouin and you got Suzuki and Kokinemi. These are guys that should be comfortable with the pocket. And Petrie. And now maybe Romanov's a little bit of a different mix. You know, wherever yeah. I think it's, it's kind of easy to figure out where he's going to be. Big deal. It, yeah. and what is it, 103 goals on the power play in his, in his career. Like, top 10 mm-hmm. all time. So people still, he's got that spot if he can get to it. So, um, it, it's good that they're, they're succeeding on the power play because that was, that's where my patience was going to end with this club. Like you, you can struggle five <laughs> on five. I get that. But you know, there's just too much talent out there for you to be bad on a power play, especially mm-hmm. when with, with Weber there too. Like you have such a great weapon and mm-hmm. you know, if they figure you out then that's your job, figure something else, go to plan B, but there's a lot of talent out there. There's a lot of guys comfortable with the puck. So and I said, doesn't I, it doesn't have to be great. Even very bad would have been yeah. great. Like 20th in the league. <laughs> would have been, been better. Yeah. You know, anything better than that, That's what I was going for. So I remember, I remember, I think it was maybe a, a couple years ago in that season. I'm like, if, if they can have a power play above 15%, I'll be happy. Yeah. And it was barely 15%. And I was like, geez, guys, come on. But yeah, this is a, that was, like said, um, way different now. I mean, um, what was it? Okay. After two games the Habs had the the best power play in the league and now I think it's maybe fourth or fifth at sitting at I think it was what was it 40 percent or something like that unheard of for the Habs which you know things are going to even out as the season goes on but wow it doesn't have to be elite but just no you you can't go out there for two minutes and do nothing and like, like the way it was last year and the year before because I think there's an element there that your opponent you know you know, you may, you're supposed to put your opponent on their heels. You're mm-hmm. supposed to control the play. You know, you get their goalie moving left and right and, and, and maybe wear them down a little bit. Maybe their best players wear down a little bit or their best defensemen. But nothing was happening. It was like literally uh, almost like a two-minute break for the opposition. Uh, yes. Yeah, that, it was that, like that a, that was was a... So now listen, even if it doesn't work, you just want to see control. You want to see some attempts and you, and you want to keep people honest. And also keeps people from taking liberties. Right, like mm-hmm. if your power play sucks, and then there's more yeah. guys hanging around. Carry prices, ice. There's more guys, you know, taking uh, liberties on Gallagher or Kokinemi. You start scoring on the power play, and, and teams take notice. And at that point, you know, they, they they take a step back. They can't take a foolish penalty. That's right. That's Excellent right. point. And they had, um, they were one for five last night, I yeah. think. But there was. Last night's game, which was the second game against Edmonton, which they won three to one, um, where Romanov scored his first goal. Um, that it was so frustrating because their five on five play, Simon, is like we thought they that they looked pretty good in the bubble, but their five on five play is what's going on? Like, how do you explain it? Like every pass is connecting. The the battles along the boards, they're just they're they're aggressive, they're obnoxious, it, they're fast it's like it's so exciting to watch that's what frustrated me most about last night's game even though they won yeah um i think it's as the general manager wants it It, it's i think they're relentless it's it's four lines that come at you uh you know paul byron you know i know he scored those seasons with 20 goals but again the way i build a team paul byron is not part of my top six and i think paul byron knows that uh, but now you yeah. got a guy on the with a high hockey IQ like him on a fourth line, Lekkinen, who I, again struggles to be in, on a good club's top six, but definitely a player that you can throw out there for 16, 17 minutes and not worry about him. Now he's on a fourth line. 
And, and to me, Evans is, that's exactly what you want on your fourth line. Young, mm-hmm. motivated, mm-hmm. and cheap. That's, that's how you build your team. Your fourth line, <laughs> you know, like that guy, guys are chipping in to pay for his meals. Like he's got to be the least paid guy in the team. Yeah. So I think you have that luxury of, of having a team that that's deep. I think the, you bring it to Foley and Anderson. And the good thing about them is I don't think it disrupts the chemistry because if you watch Anderson and Toffoli play, it's not a very complicated game. And you can't, and you have the luxury of coming back with Suzuki, Kokanyemi, and Dano. So your center ice is pretty set, and that's how you're going to play. And you know, if if you brought in two new centermen with Dano, let's say you traded Suzuki and Kokanyemi for A and B, and then you have Dano, then you were worried about the chemistry in the five-on-five play. But you're bringing back the same group from last year, especially down the middle, two guys at the wing position that aren't going to reinvent the wheel with their game. So I, I think a lot of that has a little bit of continuity from last year's helping their five-on-five play. It's a joy to watch. <laughs> it is an absolute joy to watch. Yeah. Um, trying to think. So you just mentioned uh, Evans, a happy surprise or inevitable with him? Because Claude, uh, Claude has been very high on Evans uh, the past uh, two days, I think. Just comments saying, uh, you know, he's, well, he's not surprised with his play, but um, I think he might be a bit of a happy surprise for fans. I think so. I look, I got a chance to see him up in Laval a couple of times, but again, even when you watched him in Laval, the, the game was never going to be like Gallagher goes down. Okay, great. You know, call up Evans to no. but I, I think he just um, plays to his strengths really well. Uh, maybe spend an off season a year working uh, on his draws. And I think that that's what you have. You have a good quality low maintenance player. I think Claude Julian likes that type of player. I would imagine most coaches like that type of player, but you know, just don't put yourself in predicaments. Don't put yourself in spots where you can get in trouble. Um, and, and that's it. Keep it simple. Listen, you're on a fourth line. You're not have to go out there for 10, 12 minutes, probably against the other team's fourth line. It's, it's one of the easier assignments. I think you're really lucky uh, to have Lekkinen and Byron uh, on your fourth line. Look, look at the guys that were playing on the fourth line the last, few years that would come from Laval like you weren't going to get anything out of those guys they weren't unfortunately like they were tweeners right they were good enough to be in the AHL hard to to you know to, to, to do much in the NHL and now you don't have that so I think he's benefiting from having Byron and Lekin in there as well especially Lekin mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. I love that player wow. so who do you take out for Corey Perry <laughs> I don't know I think it's hard to take out uh I think um, well, you can't take out Evans because you're not going to take out a center. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's if you sit somebody, it's literally to just give them rest. It's not a punishment or a message or anything along those lines. It'll have to be uh, Lekkinen or uh, Byron. But you're, you're missing out. I, li- I like the Perry acquisition. It was nice. But yeah, Lekkinen's a quality hockey player. Byron brings a certain element. Maybe, look, you want to see those games against the Cal- against Calgary and against uh, Ottawa, where I think it's going to get chippier. I think the uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Duck boys will try to get involved there. So I think maybe you want to bring in Corey Perry. I thought Corey Perry would come in, honestly, uh, game four or five when the Canadians' power play was running at 13%. And maybe they wanted right. to switch something up and, and get a guy to, you know, just park himself in front of the net. Scored a couple of big goals with uh, Dallas in the finals as well from just from that spot. So I think if the power play struggled, I thought that's where we would see him. Power play's not struggling, so. Right. Look, he's also probably got an agreement of some type, right? Like, uh, I don't know how much he's expecting to play, but uh, I'm sure the, the lineup wasn't around the building for him. So the conversation with Mark Bergevin, I'll get you in 20 games. At some point, he'll get him in 20 games. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. And it's just such a great problem to have, you know, the, the famous taxi squad, which uh, I'm so sick of that term already, but just to have to, to have these guys there if somebody goes down. One thing to note about the chippy game, I did anybody else notice last night after Josh Anderson went off, banged up, left the bench, came back into the game, the first thing Cassian did was smash him. <laughs> yes. And I was just like, <laughs> I, oh, that's, that, that's why like gets- that's all we need is Josh Anderson out at this time of the season. Yeah. Listen, play a big man's game. That, that's what's going to happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, Cassian, you know, what is it? I don't know. Whatever that old term is blood in the water. Uh, that guy's not going <laughs> to, that guy's not going to let anybody off easy. 
Uh, look, to be, it's nice though. It's nice that Cassian did that. Let him play that game. And you know, the Canadians can play that game. They don't excel at knocking people over or anything like that, but they're pretty big on the blue line. Um, so, you know, Cassian did what he had to do. That's what he gets paid. I don't think the Habs have a guy like that. Like maybe Perry would be the closest guy to just go out there and just look right. at the bubble. You look at everybody else out there. Anderson, maybe, but I, you know, I don't, I don't want him doing that. Like, the last thing I need is, or the Habs need is him yeah. in the box for five minutes. Like I think at that point, they're just doing a disservice. But mm-hmm. they're gonna have to figure mm-hmm. They're gonna have to figure out a way to, you know, get the uh, the Canadians off their game. They're their opponents, right? So yeah, yeah. Probably. I was really surprised that um, Edmonton didn't like Edmonton was so frustrated. Mc, McKinnon had zero points in the two games. Am I right? David. Yeah, I think they have nothing. Yeah. I think they have one or two points come on. And they had nine in the two games, nine in the two games against uh, <laughs> against Vancouver. That's Incredible. Crazy. Yeah. I, I just feel for that team. I don't get it. Like I was watching that and <laughs> I was like, you marvel at McDavid and, and Dry Settle doesn't have like that Marvel game. It's just like perfectly fundamentally sound machine. Um yeah. you know, McDavid has a little bit more of that flair with, but like, wow. McDavid, that's what I meant. Yeah. They're, they're not good. Like, again, I don't know. Look, it's only three games in, but I'm like, wow. Like, but they brought it upon themselves. Like, I don't know. Did you really need the Cassian signing? Did you? Yeah. I, know, man, I think you would have should have just surrounded your team with a little bit more skill and, and stuff, but they're in bad shape. And yeah, it was such, is the goalie such... that bad? Yeah. That's not their goalie though. That's like their second or third stringer. Uh, oh, okay. Mike Smith for a while, he got injured. So they're, again, not good. You know, they're down bad, those guys. Well, it was crazy too during the, uh, the two games um, that the Habs played, played against them. And, you know, I'd be watching the game and I'd be thinking, where are Dreisaitl and McDavid? You know, where's that? Yeah. Wow. And that never happened. And I'm, and I'm, and I was thinking like either, either the, uh, the Oilers are, they really don't got it together or the Habs are just stifling them, you know, cause I just double checked the stats and it was right. One point uh, McDavid had an assist in the two games, but that was it, you know? So. No, it's a good match. Right. Listen, uh, still early, but maybe um, I, I think the Oilers are a good matchup for the Canadians. I, I think if, if you're going to come at the Canadians, you're going to come at them with one line, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Weber out there, Petrie, and then you can go, you know, Ben Sherrod as well. I think you like your matchup in Nets. I think the Canadians will have more trouble with teams like uh, Toronto, teams that have that, that yep. spread out their offense a little bit more. That might be more of a, an interesting matchup. But again, oh, it's just too top heavy. It's just we're talking about a guy that, you know, like when we talked to Ray Ferraro and I don't know, he played in the NHL forever. Uh, he's been ice level calling games forever. So how much mileage has this guy watched? Like how much hockey has this guy watched? An incredible amount, you know? Yeah. Uh, or, or McGuire talks about it. They both said they've never seen anybody move faster with a puck in their lives. What? Is that, yeah. is that, what does that even mean? That's crazy. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if you yeah. heard Aaron Ward, the, Aaron Ward, I, I forget the name of the company that he works for. But it's kind of like, you know, advanced stats, advanced analytics and all that. They mm-hmm. measure everything, right? And they said they can't clock McDavid. He's the only player in the NHL that hasn't been clocked because when he's hitting top speed, he oh, decelerates geez. because he runs out of rink. So for him, for him, for them to properly measure him, they'd have to extend the rink by about 20, 30 yards. Then they would honestly know what his max speed is. Hmm. And Think about how many other great players in the league that they can, that can skate. Nobody else in the world, obviously. And the fact that this guy playing at the highest level can't be tracked because he doesn't have enough space to accelerate. It's crazy. crazy. Outrageous. They used to get him to race a horse. That'd be awesome. Yeah, may as well. (laughs) That would be be a good one. Why not? (laughs) That'd be awesome. Trying to think there. Um, so, so Simon, after like we, we were talking about, you're talking about um, the matchup against Toronto. I'm of the belief. I share the belief with Josh Anderson that Montreal was the better team in that first game. 
that they ended up losing. And it was that five, it was the five on three that did them in. It wasn't the fight with Wayne Simmons. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but like just extremely, obviously short, um, what's it called? Small sample size. But how, how are the Habs right now in your estimation compared to your preseason prediction of what they would be? Uh, I thought that they'd finish second. Uh, I, I'm, I've never been uh, more hyped for a Habs team in, in a long time. The only time I, I remember being on the air and I was like over the moon and, and going fanboy is <laughs> I was in for Melnick. The show started. And at 3.16, they announced Sergeyev for Drouin. At the time, I absolutely loved the, the deal. Ooh. Now, I loved it even more. Because Rajalov, I was listening to you. Yeah, and so Rajalov was still uh, a free agent, and it was still down to Dallas and Montreal. And many people said that Montreal was the front runner. So I went Galchenyuk, Gallagher, Lekkinen as a rookie just scored 17 goals, Drouin, Pacioretty, Rajalov, Galchenyuk, and I was like, whoa, whoa, I don't care if you don't have any centers at this point. The wings is just there's nobody better. So I was really hyped about that team. And then they lost Rajalov. So I kind of took a step back. But it's been a very long time that I've liked the club yeah. this much. Uh, I, I, so I'm not even the one that complains about them being undersized and stuff. I've always said, like, it's always been uh, about talent and, and just making the right moves. So I just think they're I, – I, look, I like Toronto to win the division because I'm a sucker for goals. I think goals will come easier to some of the Leafs players. They have three guys that can get you 100 points. The Canadians really don't have one guy that can get you 70 points. Uh, so, uh, but I think that's in a regular season. I think if you were to, if I were to match those two t- teams up in a playoff spot from the blue line in, and especially the goaltending, I like the Canadians' chances in, in a playoff series uh, against the Canadians. No matter what the Canadians' power play is, if it, could, it could be first. Uh, and the and the Leafs can be 15th come playoff time, but I think they have the ability to flip the switch more than the Canadians can offensively. So less power plays, uh, less space. Uh, I, I like the Habs' chances. So I think they'll finish second, but I, I, I like your chances to uh, be uh, standing when it's all said and done. It's a good team, man. Uh, at the end of the day, yes. it's a good, well-balanced team. That's, you know. Would have liked yeah, it. And, um, speaking of well-balanced, we were finally able to get a, a glimpse of uh, Allen last night. Yes. Can't really complain about anything he really did. I mean, geez, guy knows what he's doing. No, I, I think that was the best move. I, I, oh, think, yeah. I think it's going to be easy to, you know, just say that Anderson is the best move if he plays every game and he accumulates the, the totals and stuff like that. But I just – you, you – uh, I think you, when you go from Carey Price to whoever was the backup the last two, three years, you don't give your, you weren't giving your team a realistic chance to, uh, to steal any points. And I don't think they they didn't want, they clearly didn't do it on purpose, but they just thought Miami would be able to do it. And whoever was back in the day, Dustin Tokarski or whoever, uh, I think it was vital. And look, they're paying a ridiculous amount of money for their goaltenders, 14 million, but who cares? Who cares? It's, it's something that had to be done. It's something mm-hmm. that had to be yeah. better at that position. So uh, that, that was a, that was a big time move. I think that was a really big time move. Yeah, that was that was my favorite. That was my favorite acquisition of the five new pieces that that were brought in. Um, acquisition or trade? Or, no, acquisition, I guess. But that was my favorite, and I've been saying it for years on the happy hour. Is that um, like, and we see it in the playoffs, right? Like, it doesn't matter how many goals you score if your goalie does nothing but let them all in. You need goaltending. That's why all this money is being spent on these guys. Uh, and I think that this year it's with an eye for, you know, to ideally, the, the mentality is to do a deep, to make a deep run, whatever these sayings are, I'm getting them all mixed up. But, um, um, yeah, having Jake in there and having the opportunity for Kerry to not like feel obligated or the team to feel obligated to play him because they can't rely on the other guy. Like this is going to be like for me, 50, 50, split him, split him right up. I'm happy with that. As, as long as Kerry is rested and focused for the playoffs, because what did we see in the bubble? Like Kerry was all world, all world. Mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I like what you said about obligation, right? Cause 
that the last thing you would ever want as an organization or as a coach is playing your number one guy when he's telling you he wants to go and knowing that he's not a hundred percent or he's not ready to go or yeah. the schedule says, well, it's your ninth game in, in 14 nights. And so the fact that uh, he doesn't have to feel that, that he knows that he can turn to because the guy wants to win. Right. And he, he, listen, Harry Price will never say it. Uh, he knew that his backup goalies the last two years have been terrible. All he has to do is click on the stats and the stats will clearly indicate <laughs> that they were bad at goaltending. So I, I think there's an element there that's like, oh, man, I got to go out there. Uh, you know, I could use a break, but I got to go out there. So I think you're right about yeah. you know the obligation to just uh, show up. Now you could just you know take take the night off, literally take the night off. Absolutely. So one of the acquisitions that we're still waiting to really fire, I think, is uh, Toffoli. Um, he hasn't had too many good shots, if anything. Like that's the most noticeable thing. Whenever whenever Toffoli has a chance and he makes a shot, man, where is it? I mean, he makes. He makes good plays like outside of actually scoring, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think he's the only guy we're really waiting to see what he can really do, and I don't think we've seen that yet. Uh, yeah, I think that whole line too. I think Armia uh, as well. Yeah, cooking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just gotta see a little bit more. But I think there's as long as they're not hurting out to out there, and I don't think that line will. And I think the Foley might be a little bit like Pacioretty. I think we'll see a stretch of like four goals and. Five games, stretch of no goals for a few games. I just think it seems like he's a little bit – his career has been just a little bit more of a streaky goal scorer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and now guy. playing Vancouver, he might be motivated. Three games against Vancouver coming up starting tomorrow. Crazy. Like, this is just – Crazy. It's just <laughs> ridiculous that we're going to see the Canucks three nights in a row. Like, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, there's a stretch where we have – I could be wrong, but I think our first stretch against the Senators, we're playing them four times. In a row. Yeah. It's yeah. called a series. That's what that's called. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Those are the ones I'm interested in seeing. Yeah. yeah I'm not looking forward to – I'm not looking forward to Habs and Ottawa. Ottawa – to me, Ottawa's the dark horse because I don't know about those guys. I think they, they were winning. I just was a little bit of scoreboard watching before there. Had the, the Penguins uh, – the Penguins game on. Mm-hmm. And what score there? Four two. You're bad. Uh, and just I saw the. Who are they playing? Uh, Washington versus Pittsburgh. It was three one, and I was four three one Washington. I was four two Washington, and the Sens. The Sens are up three one against. Uh, Winnipeg. Against Winnipeg. Oh, Galchenyuk got a power play goal too. So hey. Oh, I good for like, him. I, like I, I don't like. I like when the Sens are better at hockey. I, it's when Habs, Leafs, Sens. The, the fan bases, the people are angrier. <laughs> it's better. I think the, the Sens games are going to be the, the ones that I think the ones that matter the most. If the Sens, we'll yeah. see how, how it goes. But if let's just say most people, including myself, pick the Senators to finish last in this division, the teams that do make the playoffs can't have a three and seven record against Ottawa and, and make the playoffs. You can't probably not have a four and six record against. So the games against the Sens for everybody, for the Leafs, uh, for Calgary or if whoever we think is, you, you got to accumulate points on what we believe might be the, you know, the weakest team in that division. Still, three games in, they're looking really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those games are really going to matter. Yep, yep, really yep. Matter. Yeah. Another surprise team, you know, kind of outside of the North Division, the Devils. They're putting up wins. I mean, they're killing the Rangers right now. They 42. are? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched oh, the wow. second. I have not watched the second of the Devils play. Uh, yeah, and also just, Buffalo, no? no? Is Buffalo playing well too? Like, I, from what I'm here, Eichel and Hall are just uh, ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> Those are the guys I don't know. Buffalo, oh, I think Buffalo blew out like the Flyers yeah, a couple uh, of the other ago. night, like five to one or something. And um, it's going to be an interesting season, right? Like, yeah. It, it's going to come down to a lot of different elements, right? Like, I don't know, you know. I, I know the, uh, you know, four best players in uh, New Jersey and I, I know PK Subban's there. I don't know how deep that team is, but you never know, man, in a 56 game grind that you're playing, you know, an opponent three times in a row, or you're playing, you know, many three out of four nights. I don't know. A team that's uh, undersized is better. A team that's uh, oversized is better. A team that can skate, a team that can just, you know, grind out a hockey game, which I, I don't know what this 56 game schedule on paper who it's gonna who it's gonna who it's gonna favor you know so 
it's still early, but somebody's going to surprise yes. us, right? We're not all going to be right by saying Montreal, <laughs> Toronto, Calgary. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I don't know. Vancouver seems to be a very uh, sexy, very popular. Vancouver's place. had a bad start. Yeah. And, and they were everybody's darling going in, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody thought that, yeah. again, still three games in, but look, three games. But it's a short season. In a 56-game schedule, yes. You know, Stuff's going to matter yeah. real quick. Yeah, I saw some guy with the analytics, like, like he was talking about a four or five game losing stretch in a 56 game schedule is, is pretty much you're done. Like we always, um, back uh, in the normal times, we we're thinking like, uh, you know, take a look at the standings at Thanksgiving and that gives you a pretty good indication. I think we'd have to take a look at yeah. Easter-ish. <laughs> Probably. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah, the last Easter game, around there. When is Easter this year in March? Oh, I don't Because the know. season ends, doesn't it, in April? May. Who's Easter, though, right? This is where I have to tell you there's two Easters. There's probably oh, one. yeah, there's two Easters. The yeah. real Easter and the yeah, one that, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the Catholic Easter. And, then <laughs> and the one that everybody was saying. Yes, Orthodox <laughs> Easter that's usually like a week after. I, lo- I look forward, I always look forward to the pictures of the lamb on the spit. The times. The times. First time, like, Good time. Years, we didn't do it, man. Delicious. First time, years. Where, like, my brother's like... <laughs> break COVID, we get arrested. It's what mom and dad were doing. So that was the first time like in 50 years there was no no lamp on the spin. Man, that's awful. Yeah, around Easter is probably a good indication of uh, Yeah. Right. Oh, cool. And also they've been like um, like right now the Habs are second in the division to only Toronto at least as of last night. Mm-hmm. But that's the with a game in hand. So Toronto has played all of these games, and it's sort of it's kind of artificial there where they are right now. And I don't think I haven't been I haven't watched any game other than the one that they played against Montreal. But I don't like that team. I know I, they've got a lot of talent that they've I got like a lot of money in. I, it's it's I like watching uh, I like watching them play hockey. Like I like watching that team play hockey. Also because there are some nights a complete defensive disaster and yes. from a viewing perspective. You're like, this is all right. It's not my team. I don't care if you're a mess on your, in your back. End. Oh, five, four. Fantastic. This is exactly what I signed up for. Also, I think that the Leafs have played maybe a couple of games at home where the Canadians still, man, they're going to start to stretch off. No. Yeah. Well, this is massive. I don't, I don't know how much home ice means more this year, but sleeping in your own bed, not traveling, less protocols. I'm sure that adds up at some point. So, you know, you look at the Canadians with the, the games against Vancouver here, you can come out of here with a good chunk of points and you haven't played a home game yet. Whether there's a crowd or not, I think that's a, that's a really yeah. big deal. Now, unfortunately, the home game uh, stretch, if we're thinking about last year, wasn't that good for the Habs. But, you know, it's a new season. Who knows what's going to happen? It's a new season. And also there's, um, I don't know what was going on with the home games last year. But maybe maybe not having the crowd there and just kind of having the same sort of vibe in every single building that they're playing in, it's kind of like even. Oh, it's it's interesting to me how that that's that's going to play for them psychologically. And anyway, it's, there's I'm not worried about these guys. And the person who often goes like really undermentioned for me is Claude Julien, and I think that right now he's got the type of team that he that he can work with and be like kind of almost have almost have a different team playing Ottawa than would play Toronto than would play Calgary, you know, cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of muscle on that team. Now Romanov gained 20 pounds in the off season. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of muscle and like people, people just better watch out. Josh Anderson, please stay, stay healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I look, it's also Claude's gotta be careful too. I, team's gotta play well. It, there, you can't um uh, if I'm the coach of that club, you look at the work your general manager did in the off season. Yeah. It's yeah. If, if this look, I don't know if this team weren't to not make the playoffs, I don't know. I can't hold Mark Bergevin accountable. I'm like, I'm gonna point at every one of the players and Brian is gonna be bad at me, but I'm gonna spend every night calling out players because it's on them now. It's, I think it's on them and, totally. it'll, and it'll be on their coach a little bit too, because again, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if, uh, how you can 
you know, uh, barring getting a Pierre-Luc Dubois for a fifth round pick, I don't know how you can possibly <laughs> imagine, you know, making this club better just in, in one off season. Mm-hmm. So, in yeah, every so, area. I think there's a lot of pressure on Claude uh, this yeah. year to, uh, to, I don't I'm not worried about him. No, listen, it, it, it team kind of fits his profile. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the Anderson, the Foley acquisitions, uh, our type, his type of players. I think yeah, Evans is his type of player. I think obviously Phil Dano is. Uh, you know, Kokinemi is going to get better. I think Nick Suzuki is good in his own end. I don't think he's great in his own end. I think uh, Claude can live with that. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, you know, he's going to get, you know, probably Drouin is not the kind of player that, uh, you know, gravitates to, uh, to him. But hey, man, you've got 12 forwards. One guy doesn't really play the way you want to coach. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Not the there. end of the world. Yeah, they have four or five guys that don't play the way they want to play. So I, I think uh, um, it looks great. That's a good thing for Claude. It looks very healthy. But I, yes. think, he's, I think he's under the gun this year. I don't, I don't think um, – listen, I, I'm there, ground level, like ground zero. And if this team were to not make the, the playoffs, they'd be, they'd be storming our – Emphasize. Yeah, they'd be storming our – yeah, so, <laughs> that's what it would be, you know. Let's see. I was just looking up um, ice times. I remember hmm, it was uh, it was on the broadcast for the game last night saying that the top three, at least the top, or rather, I'm sorry, the top nine uh, for the Habs have almost like within two minutes equal ice time. So Claude is he's spreading that out, uh, you know, uh, the ice time among all the forwards, which shows that well he trusts everybody. And especially, you know, we mentioned Evans before, but he has Evans on the penalty kill. He puts mm-hmm. Evans out. Well, maybe it was a, a shift change, but he has Evans out against McDavid at some points. Like he doesn't mind having the fourth line out for however long to get things settled and then, you know, go through the rotation that he's comfortable with. But like, and I was just looking, glancing at the, um, the overall uh, time on ice. And yeah, it's, it's rare where somebody drops below, like 10 minutes, you know, everybody's getting a good chunk of time uh, on the ice uh, equally, which is, uh, it's interesting. And well, it's awesome. You know, Cla- Claude's using what he's got, I think so far. So good on him so far. Uh, I, think working. Be, I think that'll be the trend going forward as well. I, I can't see, um, you know, a line distinguishing themselves to the point that, you know, they're getting the lion's share of the minutes. I, I don't think, I don't think the team's made that way. I think the team's just roll them, keep rolling them, keep rolling. Mm-hmm. You, saw, you, know, you saw it against uh, Edmonton in inferior third and fourth line and, and the Habs took advantage of, uh, of their opportunities against that, that third and fourth line. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was hearing, I was listening to somebody, a former player on another podcast nice. who before the um a player who is on like a podcast but he's like a regular but he's a former player I should say not a current player they were doing their predictions for the season and he was just like everybody's talking about the Canadians and I don't understand and I'm just like because you weren't paying attention to what happened in the off season that's why you think that the Canadians are going to be last and the Canadians are going to suck but um my point was um that the Habs are good. I forget what my point was. I was just so mad when I heard this guy. Are you saying like, <laughs> on a beach or something? Who's that fan? Like, oh, my fan. Like a geisha or something on there? Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's talk about the fan for a second. For 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 listeners listening on Anchor. Fan since like the eighties. Like what is that? What does one even buy a fan? Like yes, you can't. Wow. This is made in Portugal. A physical fan that okay. she uses to cool herself off. <laughs> she brought it to Montreal when we went uh, last February, and she was sitting in the bell I, I, center. It goes everywhere with me. Are you serious? Yeah. All right. Oh she yeah. Goes. I got uh, pictures. Um, Photo evidence. A waiter. I was at um, Giardino, which is like a high-end Italian restaurant. I was there as a guest, as somebody's guest, because I cannot afford these things. But um, I just pulled it out during dinner and the waiter came up, he's just looking at me like, and I'm just like, you think I'm in, like, I don't care. Look at me. I've, I've got my fan. What is this? Are, I took it to Montreal. Are you, are you a former smoker? 
I am. So is that what you- uh, two years, more than like almost two and a half years now that I quit smoking. So is that you just your hand? I used to own a bar, right? And we, oh yeah, we when we uh, had our bar, that's when they implemented the laws in Quebec that you weren't allowed to smoke indoors anymore. And I remember with like my staff, um, we had a predominantly ethnic crowd. It, we're in Chamonix, like a lot of Greeks, a lot of Italians, a lot of smokers. Um, and I just remembered with picking off on this because I never smoked uh, a cigarette, watching people just do crazy shit with their hands and not like knowing like, <laughs> their cap, like, their hand, like, with, and I remember um and I remember speaking to a guy and I asked him I said you're you're a mess he goes Simon he goes like he goes I bring a pen he goes I bring a pen to a restaurant sometimes just to have he goes like I'm outside and we're not allowed to smoke near the front of the building he goes and I go outside and some of the guys will smoke and maybe I'm not a you know, I have a cigarette I won't have. He goes, but when we're too close and I can't smoke, he goes, I don't know what to do with my right hand. Like, do I put it in my pocket? Do I put it in my jacket pocket? <laughs> how does one, like, how does one use his right hand? So that's why I thought maybe you were, uh, maybe. That's right. Well, you guessed right. Well, no, I've got, like, um, on calls with my, um, with the people, with my colleagues or whatever, I'll they'll be like, what are you doing? And I'll be like, oh, I'm just <laughs> I guess the air is going into my AirPods, but anyway. Going off the hair. Uh, I like it. There you go. What's that? I know, like Beyonce. It's very elegant, <laughs> Veronica. Very, very you. It's a beautiful uh, fan. It is. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. astounded when I saw it. Shocked. Shocked. It's <laughs> <laughs> the better word. <laughs> so, yeah, the halves are good. So, good yeah, job, the halves are good. They're good. I'm, I cannot wait for these three games with Vancouver. Yeah, it's going to be a, another another good litmus test until we can get um until uh, the Habs can get uh, every team under their belt. It's going to be like a new season every team they play against. <laughs> yeah, and um, Simon. Yes. Are you are do you have any gigs with TSN six ninety? Are you going to be doing any of the no. after game shows or the post game shows? Oh, okay. Uh, the Sean's going to do every one from his home and Mitch Gallo's oh, right. every one from his home. I think they're trying to get Sean. There's a great probability, highly likely that he will be in the building for home games. But if you listen to the station now, they, they have Tony from home. It's the first time Tony's been doing shows from home. Knuckles been doing shows from home for about four or five months now. Uh, Gallo is doing with Melnick. Melnick enjoy in studio Gallo at home. Uh, about a couple of weeks ago, drop off of my house equipment. Uh, if somebody is unable or this or that, and I can't make it into studio and I'm ready to go from my office upstairs. So no, no, no plans to do uh, any no. post games or anything like that, which I would love to I do. Just curious. I hated doing post games. Yeah. I hated doing post games from the Bell Center. I hated the walk from there all the way to my car, which was God knows where. <laughs> Middle of the, like, I love the hot dogs. I love, I love my seats. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, I was the only <laughs> guy like Simon, you have to do work a post game show. I'm like, uh, home or away game. Away, do it from studio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my favorite post game show of yours, Simon, was guess which one? Oh, I don't know which one. Is it, uh, <laughs> Columbus? I don't know. What did I do? This was uh, about three uh, years ago or four years ago, maybe when the half lost ten nothing. Oh, the Columbus game! God. Yes. We, we had they had won like eight in a row, no? And then they lost ten nothing, <laughs> and, and I was like, and again, I don't do a lot of post game shows. That whole always, weekend, they got killed by Columbus. <laughs> yeah, but like, they had the won like seven in a row or something coming out of the gate or something five in a row, whatever it was. It didn't yeah, yeah. matter that you lost ten nothing. And I don't do post game shows. I've always done the pregame show. Um, so I was like, okay, I got to fill in on the. And I was like, what the hell's wrong with these fucking people? Dude, they were crazy. They were like, I remember their fire. They was like, get rid of this guy, get rid of Price and Pacioretty. I'm like, they're six and one. Like, who cares? <laughs> I remember the, the whole debate. I remember, uh, Veronica, the whole debate is I can't remember who the backup was at the time. But they started the backup, right? And they didn't put in price. Yeah. And my thing was, no, no, that's what the backup is there. You go take your lumps. You, you don't call in uh, a, a, yeah. a price's body is not made to go 
Carey Price's body is made at 705. He's stopping pucks. He's not made to warm up, go sit at the end of the bench, and then go get into a game. If you remember my and, and the one example I used, if you remember the year the Habs lost to the Rangers in the playoffs, the Canadians got off to a 5-1 lead. I think it was the Rene Bork game. And if you remember, they took Lundquist out of the game. And I do they, remember. And then uh, they made it a game again. I think they made it 5-3 or something, the Rangers. And I remember, I, I think it was Kelly Rudy because the ex-goalie on the broadcast, or Glenn Healy, one of the ex-goalies, they're like, well, do you bring your goalie back? He's like, no way, man. He goes, that guy just deprogrammed his body. His muscles are oh, relaxed. Yeah. Like, you, you don't tell. And the same thing with Price. I'm like, you're down for nothing and you can bring in your best goalie to just, what, blow a groin? I'm like, are you out of here? I remember the anger that night. It was like, no kidding, Campbell. That was Montoya. Montoya. It was Montoya, That's right. yeah. It was Montoya. I was like, let him take Because everybody was mad at Terry for leaving him in. Yeah. 12 nothing. I would have left him. Bad. Nothing. I, and I think the guy gets it. 5 nothing, 10 nothing. it's all the same. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. It's funny you mentioned that because if I had to... Uh, Rate the craziness. That's that's right there on the top of the list. With, uh, <laughs> they know. were nine. I was on a road trip and listening in my car. Yeah, yeah. That game, that game put them at nine, one and one at the time. That was that real hot start. It's basically and on then, pace for like a hundred and eighty points or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I remember that game, but like that whole weekend, I remember it was the Columbus blue jackets and then they lost against them twice and they got killed like both games. And uh-huh. I think okay. that was the thing is that like, we were doing great. And then the blue jackets <laughs> twice in a row. Yeah. <laughs> They've always played us top though. Eh? I've always remembered kind of like, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, always, a- always talks about how he dreads the, the, cannon. the cannon. You should hear him yeah. swearing off air. <laughs> We're, t- we're tapped into the feed, right? We we can they can talk to us. We oh, don't have no. the ability to talk so to they them. Hear it. So between the uh, <laughs> intuitions, and they both have potty mouth. Don't tell Dan I said that. <laughs> oh, touching people like that. Cat and shut it off. Yeah. Oh, we all hate that cannon. Well, what do you think of uh, the uh, speaking of Columbus, like uh, the Dubois? talk oh that's what i was gonna ask i'm so sick of him i have no idea what who who do you give up who do you give up but the thing is that like dubois i guess the word on the street is that he does not want to be there like at all i don't know if that's going to help his case um i don't know if it helps columbus's case clearly it doesn't but it, it just you know to use a real estate comparable it just takes two people to bid on your house for you to get exactly what you want Right. So, yeah. So it doesn't take much. You need, and, and, and a player like that, the whole world can know he wants to leave, which I think in, in hockey's inner circles, if not reality, everybody knows that he wants out. It takes two teams to get the price that you want. Look, he's other contract for two years. I like, I love Tortorella. He could be a little easier on the media. I get that, but there's an element there that I'm, I get very old school. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois told his teammates and everybody he doesn't want to be there. That doesn't resonate with me because, like, if I'm in the no. locker room, I'd be like, "Get the f- out! Get the f- out! Yeah, get the f- out!" So I take him on the Canadians. Trust me, he's a great player. Like, kind of like James Harden in basketball. Like, you're talking about major eagles. You're talking about elite athletes. And when one guy says he's tapped out, that that that, that doesn't sit well. It, it's not a quality I like in a professional athlete. Not that I wouldn't take him on my no. team just a sucker for talent and but you know like i like the way tortorella handled it like come on man this guy like just this guy walked into your locker room and said i want out really all right just tell your teammates you want out knock yourself out man you know mm-hmm. so you know it, and this it, is my problem with players like line and dubois sorry did i interrupt you no no not at all this is my problem with players like that is um like so, so what's the problem? Like, I mean, Columbus went, you know, they, they, they've had a pretty good postseason record these past few years under Tor- Tortorella, pretty good regular season record under, under that coach, uh, like him or not. And then, and uh, I mean, I would be hesitant. I would be, I, I would be interested to know what this player's problem is that he would want to 
you know, go public with this thing. And, you know, it's just bad for the team, like, like you were saying. And I would be the exact same if I were one of his teammates. I'd be like, there's the door, you know. And, but the same thing with Laime. And so when people are so eager to acquire these players merely because of the talent, like have you not been paying attention to all of the psychology and the chemistry that goes into the team building structure? Like I, I don't care about them. I don't care about them. I'm not losing sleep over them. If we, if we get them, I'd be shocked. But, um, and when I say we, Simon, I mean the haves. Um, I'd be shocked, but Grand um, I, I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. Uh, but it's the talent though. That's, it's, that's the enticing part, right? Like on paper, he's still good on ice. He's, he's, uh, he's so good, but I, I don't know. I, and I think there's, look, I don't have a platform every day. And sometimes I lose my mind. Like I'm, I'm listening to the station or I'm, I'm watching TSN and a lot of contributors are like, well, you know, like, I won't mention the contributors, although I'd love to. Um, I'll send you private messages. Um, Tell us later. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, you know, has driven, Tortorella has driven so many players out of Columbus. Really? Let's start. Panarin. Panarin played out his contract. He became a free agent. He has every right to be a free agent. And he said, noted, that he wanted the Big Apple. He wanted the bright lights. I believe also his wife is, is in the modeling industry. There's a whole bunch of stories, but whatever. He's, he's, hey guys, nothing against you. It's just where I want to be. Bobrovsky. Yeah. Bobrovsky was a free agent. He explored the market. Some team in Florida decided to give him $9 million. I love Bobrovsky. We talk about price and, and like this, this is a guy that's sitting with two Vezina trophies that we never talk about that. He's been brilliant but he's been bad the last year. And then he was two years ago, his last year in Columbus. He kind of lost his job and he went to Florida and he sucks. So to me, that's, you had a commodity and like, well, if they want to pay you 9 million bucks, take care, kid. Best of luck. So he left for cash. Panarin left because he wanted out and that's fine. And from what I've, I know Tony had a guy on that covered the Blue Jackets and he said the relationship between Tortorella and Panarin was actually pretty good. So I don't buy into the Torts has chased anybody away. Like, did, who did, you know, Anthony Duclair, did, they didn't want to sign him. Like, they didn't think he was good enough to make the roster or, or play, you know. And so, I don't know. I, I just, I'm sure if, if uh, Dubois came here and I, and I liked the package, you know, I, I'd be probably quite happy with the deal. But, again, not the stuff that uh, resonates uh, with me. Yeah. Like wanting out. Yeah. And if I'm, if I'm one of his teammates on the new team, um, I'm, I'm thinking, well, how long is it before he's pissed off here? Like, it's just that whole diva attitude that doesn't resonate with me and never, ever will. Yeah. And also, the Canadians have built a culture that when guys leave, they, they're a mess. Pacioretty didn't want to yeah. leave. Subban didn't want to leave. Like, you know, and, and these are not our glory years, right? This is not the late 70s where there's four Stanley Cups in a row. Like, we're postseasons were like all right let's go you know so and imagine so i don't know you got something good going here yeah you'd have to tell me what you're gonna part ways with and and the one thing with you know whether it's kokinyemi or suzuki or whoever or this or that there's a great element of young players and cost certainty you know what's 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 dubois best here let's give him a point a game 82 points what's suzuki's best here let's give him 65 points it's whatever because the canadians want to play with four lines and they don't just you know dis- distribute the wealth evenly now what do you want to pay for those extra 12 13 points do you want to pay because you know dubois if, if he had a five-year deal at seven million dollars great cost certainty I'll, but he's got two years at five million dollars and then what are you going to do you're going to pay him eight million you're going to pay him nine million and Suzuki is, is still under your terms. So he's locked into another four years of pretty much cost certainty. So to me, the cost certainty outweighs that extra 12, 13 points. And I know it's just a very simple way when you do it by points wise, there's, you know, you bring a legitimate first line center, a six foot two, 230. I get all that, the dynamic changes, but at the end of the day, what am I getting, you know, what did I pay for this and what am I paying uh, for Dubois? So, you can give up cooking Yemi all you like and, and Suzuki and whatever. To me, it's, it's not the player. It's not the name. It's, it's the cost certainty 
going forward. And you see it. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. are a brilliant hockey team. Brilliant. All they had to do this offseason is part ways with talent. Right? <laughs> unaffordable. Yeah. You can't pay this guy. You can't pay that guy. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks. All they did was win. And then at some point, you got to break it off. So, you know, if, I don't know how much you guys follow football. A lot of teams that have success are the ones with their quarterbacks under cost certainty. Patrick Mahomes is getting minimum wage. Josh Allen makes minimum wage. Aaron Rodgers doesn't. But you're looking for cost certainty. And I think that, that that's a big piece here. So uh, giving up on a young yeah. player, it's not just a young player. It's giving up on that, on that, on that money that I There's a lot that goes into being the GM. But for me, um, for me, um, just on that alone, just my first, my gut instinct is just like, stay away from him. If you remember last night, what Romanov said after the game, we played like a family. So you don't want to mess that up. You don't want to take things out. And anyway, the fan base is always so eager to trade all of our best young players. It so drives Look, me crazy. I don't mind them trading their best young players because I think he's a great player. I think he's a very, very good hockey player. Uh, so it, it's okay to make that assumption. You know, trust me, if I would, I, I don't know if I'd part ways with Suzuki. I don't know. Like, I just think there's just too much upside. And again, and Kokunyemi, fine. I, I'm also like a lot of, you know, like sometimes the text messages, uh, Mete, Byron, and uh, <laughs> okay, sure. uh, fourth liner, a guy that doesn't make the roster for Pierre Le Dubois, you know? So you got to give up talent. <laughs> you got to give up talent to get talent. And if, if you want to give up cooking, I mean, great, fine. I'm sure it's going to take more than that. To me, it, the enticing part is looking at the lineup and going Dubois, Suzuki, Dano. Like, ooh, that's... <laughs> that's as good as it gets. That's that's a beautiful that's a team. That's a team team. Oh yeah. boy, that's a spine right there. Oh, but I don't know if Bergman likes to, to break up the dynamic uh, that much. I think certainly not at this stage. No, he likes his club. I think he likes this yeah. club more than any other one of his uh, other clubs. You know, it's yeah. been his look. It's his club, and it's been his club for a very long time now. But I think sometimes he probably you know with Rajlov, he he made a deal for one year. Uh, player probably wasn't thrilled about having to do that, probably wanted him for a little bit longer, but Rajalov, you know, got the one year. And then you look at everybody else that he brought in here and there, you know, like Semin and these, I don't even know if he was the gem when Semin was around, but. Oh my God. Yeah. These guys all fit his profile. Like everybody on this roster is exactly what he wants. <clears throat> for yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I think, um, I, I think all the points were said. Uh, I am team. <laughs> Uh, Dubois is good, but I like the I like the Habs as they are right now. I don't think there's any reason to add unless there's a stellar deal. But you know, who knows? Who knows? If we get them, cool. Depends on what what we. And also, for. is this going to go on all year? Because his contract isn't up. Like two I don't know if I can handle it. Two years. Uh, oh yeah, my god! The two year uh, two year extension. Look, uh, we got to remember. Be, uh, Veronica, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a francophone too, right? So, yeah. Oh, God, yes, so of that, that, that resonates with a lot of people. Look, I'm completely biased when it comes to my uh, love affairs with certain athletes. Uh, if you can see, uh, I am not six foot 11 and black like Yanis, but what we both have in common, <laughs> he was born in the same country my parents were born. So, and it resonates here with uh, a lot of the, the population. It, you know, RDS and TVA and, and Journal, like, they're, they're really <laughs> That's true. You know, the, the French superstar is, um, is always going to resonate with, I'm going to say most, if not all the province. That, that includes, like, you know, in the 70s, nobody had a problem. The, you know, everybody loved the flower, right? And it's something to be said about having that French superstar. So I don't think this goes away until he either decides to stay there or moves on to another team. I think it'll make a lot of noise. Well, you saw it, right? He got sat down for like seven or eight minutes. Got yeah. And every, every reporter that I follow here from the city on the Francophone side, the end of the angle, like, you know, his last shift was eight minutes ago, sitting at the end of the bench. So, <laughs> you know. And then he came up the water play. bottle instead of the Gatorade. You no, know, he doesn't want to peak at peak performance. Yeah. <laughs> this, he wants to be, you know, big lights, bright lights, big city. I tell him, careful what you wish for. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> and careful with your methods. 
of getting what you're after too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So My let's opinion. see here. Um, we are approaching our time for the happy yeah. hour. I think we're all set actually. Uh, any parting words, Veronica? Simon, thanks for coming on with us. We, <laughs> it was a mistake of mine yesterday when we agreed to do Monday night because I thought that the Habs okay. were playing at the normal time. I didn't realize it would be like midnight your time. <laughs> <laughs> when we recorded so i'm so sorry so yeah. thanks for coming on with us tonight on a, on a, an unusual night a tuesday night for us no it's great thank you mm-hmm. for having me uh anytime after 8 p.m we're not allowed to leave our home so i'm here all <laughs> right <laughs> good to know same shirt good to know Just waiting by the computer to see if you guys uh you know i get the click on <laughs> that's it gotcha <laughs> yeah cool. oh no, and best so time I don't want to ask, like, I don't know, is it like she pulling up Pierre-Luc Dubois? She's moving on to a better... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You'd you'd hear all about it. The Darren and Dregs, the Ray and Dregs and Beth. (laughs) (laughs) No, she had her her work schedule didn't permit, so she is really sorry to be missing this because she was looking forward to talking Mm -hmm. to you. So next time. We'll get her next time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Simon. Simon. See ya. Bye. All right. So <laughs> you've got to find the end. <laughs> there we go. So, there we go. Yeah, we are over. That was time. awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we didn't record yesterday because by the time we record an episode and start at midnight Eastern, uh, we'd yeah. stop. We'd be done around like 1 a.m. in the morning Eastern. Yeah. And then I have to uh, get the video file. At some point, whenever that finishes, that's that might be 1.30, 2 a.m. Eastern. Then I can actually start working on it. So I have yeah. to get a podcast out on Anchor. And then the YouTube video, talking about 3 a.m., 4 a.m., finishing up. Yeah, that's a lot. And, and the I, funny I'm thing, I'm so sorry, Dave. The funny thing, <laughs> listeners, is that Veronica was like, oh, yeah, well, why not? Let's do it. I'm like, wait, wait, I don't think you understand. What's going on here? And I didn't understand until I looked up the game. Like, why isn't it on my schedule? And I'm just like, oh, is this? That's right. That's so, right. right. So sorry. Sorry. No that was the part that didn't problem. compute for me. All good. Hmm. But um, that's it. That was Simon so Salakis. Great friend Salakis. of the podcast. Can't wait to see him in the sure flesh is. again, that guy. Yes. One of the best. That was, a, but, um, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. So thank you everyone for listening. Um, Thanks remember everybody. To, remember to, to smack that subscribe button and like the video. Yeah. Because like, YouTube like algorithms. And, <laughs> and thanks for listening <laughs> on Anchor as well. And that's it. Bye. That's it. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.